This is 80 Conversations with me, Isabel Allen. You can subscribe free of charge at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcast. I'm talking to Chajay Bhushan, a senior associate at Zaha Hadid Architects and the co-founder and leader of Code, which is the practice's computation and design research group. My second guest is Belinda Okan from Epic Games, which is a giant in the world of interactive entertainment, um, perhaps best known as the mastermind behind the phenomenally successful computer game Fortnite. More pertinently to this conversation, it's just launched a new version of Twin Motion, which is a real-time, vi- well, Belinda, do you want to explain what it is? It's an architectural visualization design tool. It's a tool for creators. This design tool really enables the architect to reflect upon his design in action. That's the main core essential characteristic to Twin Motion. It's a storytelling tool. And in combination with that, it's also an enabler of being able to reflect upon one's design in real time and while designing. Prior to real time architectural visualization, you either had to reflect upon your design make decisions, take that decision, implement it, and then see the result after a certain time frame. Now, the time aspect and the design aspect and the visualization aspect, they are kind of converging into one dimension. So you, it, it's a synergetic relationship now between the designer and the design tool. Shadja, you've just adopted Twin Motion at Zaha Hadid Architects. What made you choose it and how is it actually impacting on the way you work? On the one hand, like, you know, we as architects, increasingly when you're working with a computer, uh, work in a kind of edit and observe mode. Digital tools have some agency in, in what we produce. So we had to kind of do some action and see what what's the outcome of that. And so the real timeness of it like kind of contracts that feedback. So that's a key key feature of uh, Unreal and Twin Motion that is very useful um, that it is real time. Uh, so that shortens the feedback. Um, and 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 the other bit is is the the photo realness of it. We are working in the space of the imaginary, but like we would like to know like how it's gonna look and feel and what impact it's gonna have in the real world. Right. So so the photo realness of it and the real timeness of it um, uh, fit in well with our kind of edit and observe mode of uh, designing. In extension, Epic uh, has uh, like the Unreal Engine has like further capacities to. Uh, you know, it, it, it can have multiple players, right? Uh, so you can, for the first time, you can begin to represent users. Uh, typically in a CAD software, users are never represented, right? Like they're just dots in, 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 uh, in a plan or in a, in a drawing. Um, yeah, so these, these, I think, like representation of the user, photo realness, uh, real time, so these are key key things that resonate uh, with what uh, Belinda just said. I mean, there there's this evolution, you know. You you go from um, drawing lines on a drawing board um, to to drawing lines on a computer to modeling a box, and then you go to BIM, and then you have these uh, inside BIM tools. That's that's uh, kind of um, what BIM tools offer that you can switch from between these modes of having something very visually abstract and very stylized. And in, in, a, in a, you know, you have illustrations and 2D plans and 
3D sections in an illustrative way. And then the photoreal aspect is it's also given inside inside BIM tools where you have this nested uh, embedded visualization engine inside the inside BIM um, tools uh, where you can then wait and render out your desired output and then get your photorealistic representation of, of your project. And that's that's coming from, from the game engine technology. You're borrowing from the game engine technology here because Twinmotion sits on top of, of game engine technology is that you bring in your data, then you are immersed and drawn into this world of real-time visualization where you have a very high-quality visual output already given without having to do anything for it. It's, it's embedded, it's coded into the technology. If you have the need to say, hey, I'm an architect, I don't want my rendering outputs to look like all the other high-quality outputs. I want to add a little bit of individualism to my visual outputs. Then what Remotion offers you is that you can then you know, in Instagram and social media, you have that ability to take a photo of yourself and then uh, turn it into something unique by putting on filters. Shadjak, I completely understand how it's enormously helpful in terms of getting momentum around a project, communicating a project, dealing with input from clients and stakeholders, collaboration, all those things. Does it actually help in the way you design and develop your projects? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it fundamentally impacts the design process because it brings in early on, like it brings in various kinds of straight stakeholders in. First of all, you have to start thinking of it from the user's perspective, which I think is a great natural improvement, like because because photoreal kind of then suggests this is what like the, the user is going to be looking at. Uh, whereas like typically in architectural drawings, you're sitting behind the abstraction. So <clears throat> you're not actively imagining uh, what the users uh, or you're not forced to think about the user so so explicitly this is AT conversations you can listen to the back catalogue at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcast oftentimes you do send the file like the 3d file over to to uh, either the client's representative or the client themselves or um, or so and they get to spin around this thing and and leave comments and so there's less curation possible in that sense so you have to be sensitive of like so that that aspect from very early on and then that's um, so that does change the design process in the sense that it brings in new information early on like typically users response would have to wait until you do um, you know, community engagement or you go into planning mm. or something, that's when you think about the user. But like now with with Twinmotion and you're already beginning to see people in the scene, like realistic people, like, and that, that's going to get even more realistic with this meta-human stuff that, uh, that that's being released. Um, and so you're actually dealing with like uh, real users like pretty soon. Right now, they're just um, representations, but like soon it can be real people moving around um, in the scene, like like in Fortnite, like it is actual people, right? Um, so that's, that's uh, I think that does fundamentally change uh, the design process. And another thing that changes it is the storytelling aspect that like the stylization, which is based on 
uh, the underlying photorealism, the underlying pho uh, physical plausibilities. There is underlying physics, uh, like both of uh, lighting and also other gravity and other things in a game engine, uh, which you can, of course, tweak, but there is a physical realism there that, um, that, that makes um, makes makes it fundamentally different design process um, because this is just new information that you you didn't have before. Uh, so users, physical realism, um, both lighting and other physics, um, I think it does change uh, the design process because of the stakeholders involved and and also the. Uh, the environment can be represented like sunlight, like, you know, you can see how it looks like on on the lowest um, Sunday, like in December versus the peak summer. Um, you can see it in real world context, uh, you know, like from the earlier sketches. And so I think, yeah, it does, it does change the process fundamentally. Yeah. Um, so, Belinda, let me put this to you then. I mean, I can absolutely understand that you take a practice like Zaha Hadid where, you know, the buildings are hugely complex and ambitious. And obviously this is a practice which has always been about innovation. And in a way, it's also always been about sort of people taking a leap of faith because they always deliver something more extraordinary than the last time. So I, I completely understand the enormous value there. Is there a cutoff point if you're a small practice and actually you're doing pretty straightforward orthogonal buildings? Does it still make sense? It makes even more sense this way, I think, <laughs> regardless of how adept you are in real time and whether or you're, whether or not you're a beginner or advanced or a professional. Um, I always say, and I, I think of it this way, that twin motion. If it's like a gateway drug to the world of real time and visualization. So Zaha, Zahadi, dynamic, complex buildings, complex design thoughts, complex uh, goals, ambitious, um, lots of beautiful complexity within their um, design is involved. And so I understand that there's this need to use a more sophisticated, complex visualization, imagination, storytelling tools such as Unreal Engine. And Unreal, for those professionals, might not come across as daunting as it might come across to beginners or newcomers who really just want to tap into this world of real time because they think they are such a small-sized office with less complexity in their design process uh and, and less sophistication but that doesn't matter there designers a designer creators a creator creation is creation and and twin motion is a real-time visualization tool that enables creation and creativity is even more so uh, useful for beginners and small size offices the thing about twin motion is that it's not a dead-end tool unlike uh, some other tools, but it's very connected to already existing tool sets. There's a vast landscape of software tools because BIM and CAD, it's growing and growing and becoming more dense and chaotic. And every designer, every architect is an island on its own. And this in a world where we do not want to have people functioning as islands on their own, but as you know, connected islands. So when motion fits very well 
already into existing software tools and existing pipelines. Whether you are a beginner architect, small size, medium size, large size office, you have your own desired software tools already established. And Twinmotion, it's like a linchpin between each software tool through which you can send data. It's, it's a data, it's an aggregator of, of design data, Twinmotion. It's not just like you feed it, you feed Twinmotion with data and that's it. No, you can feed it with Twinmotion, you can feed data into Twinmotion. It's open-ended, you can feed it, and then you can also export your twin motion design data to Unreal Engine, a more sophisticated professional uh, visualization tool, if you as an architect choose to grow at a later point in your, in your career. You're listening to 80 Conversations with me, Isabel Allen. The back catalogue is available at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcast so if you're a beginner and you're an architect and you feel like no this this unreal stuff is not for me i'm not there yet you know don't don't worry just use twin motion it's it serves your needs it's sufficient it's appropriate for what you need at that time but if you choose to grow tomorrow you can grow along with twin motion because twin motion already opened up its gateway to more sophisticated professional tools such as unreal and many more to come and are you finding that there's a huge kind of generation gap in people's receptiveness to what you can offer? I mean, I'm guessing mm-hmm. as a generation of architects, mm-hmm. you just think, great, computer games, you know what we're doing. It's like picking up a pencil. Yeah, it's our mission, push and revolutionize and pave the way for new generations to make use of this. If we talk about universities, academia, education, the new generation of architects is you're graduating, it's, they are about to come out of their uh, schools, are released into the wild, wild west. We are hoping or seeing them as our pillar for um, advanced, making use of advanced technologies, you know, and even though we are really trying hard and well to cater to the older generations of architects, and we are happy to to solve their problems and their pain points. We also have the new generation in mind because they are shaping the future of design technology and design visualization. They are our future, so to say. So we are building for the future, future generations, future tools, future thinking and creative processes. And just hoping that the current architectural generation is a nice interim step to future generations. Shadja, you've got one foot in academia, haven't you, and one foot in practice. How much would you say architectural education is managing to embrace new technology, empower students to make informed decisions about it? Is it ahead of practice or is it behind or is there a kind of good synergy? There is definitely where we are teaching at the design research lab at the Architectural Association um, specifically, it's always been seeking a synergy between blue sky thinking um, and technology-led solutions to uh, uh, issues and concerns of the 21st century and, um, and how we can then later benefit from that enthusiasm and optimism and, and also expertise uh, later in practice. And so 
we definitely see a deep synergy and and that's why we we do to teach and and the course was founded by our principal um more than 20 years ago and like it's quite so there's a delay usually about 10 years um, that is getting shorter of like what students do in the DRL and some version of that getting manifested in the real world so so stuff that we're um so there's definitely a pathway um and not everything will make it in the real world and nor nor, nor should it um so it's a kind of evolutionary process and uh, but i think like what new technologies particularly technologies that are based on game engines and like the um uh, you know digital movie making industry uh what that enables is is a kind of digitally native content creation digitally native way to think about design um whereas cad always had this idea that like your or this image that like your design ideas come outside mm -hmm. and like this is just a pencil to put it into uh, like but but increasingly that's not the case like with tools and that is definitely not the case in the movie industry, right? That um, there is a bi-directional relationship between technology and 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 the movies that are being produced. Um, and uh, so, like, there was this famous TED talk by um, a lighting technician in Pixar, and all the physics equations and stuff that they like tweak to get the right expression as the artist wanted it. Otherwise, you you're not people are not going to believe your story like um but it is uh, it is a, a altered version of physical reality and so that's um so that's where i think like the newer generation is like really uh taking to these tools uh more so than any other because it's so digitally native right and 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 this also answers to the previous uh topic of like twin motion being a gateway to more professional tools it it, it is um bring it's also a democratizing leading edge uh, practice uh like you know stuff that's happening in foster and partners and like let's say Zahid and, and others like the very same things are available to like small practices with like two three people like as long as they're capable of handling this um or interested even like that uh, so our biggest competitors or the things that we worry most about are small agile companies rather than like, you know, big practices, which are like kind of digitally transforming like that. That's not a big worry uh, practice wise. And like our main focus is indeed the new generation of uh, uh, collaborators and competitors. Right? Shajay Bhushan, Belinda Erkan, thank you so much for joining me today. You've been listening to 80 Conversations with me, Isabel Allen. You can subscribe free of charge at architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcasts.